Hey guys, this is Heymans from Edureka. Today's session is going to be all about AWS versus Microsoft Azure. So we're going to discuss the differences and the things in common between these two cloud providers. So let's move on to today's agenda to see what all we'll be covering today. So we'll start off today's session by discussing the different cloud providers which are out there, followed by the topic of the day which is AWS versus Azure. Once we're done with that, we'll move on to job trends wherein we'll be discussing the different jobs wherein we'll be seeing which cloud provider offers us better jobs and in the end we'll be passing the verdict as in which cloud provider is better alright so guys you have Rackspace, you have DigitalOcean, you have IBM Cloud, Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud Platform, Join, Telemark, VMware and obviously AWS now among these cloud players obviously AWS is the leader among these cloud competitors now why AWS is the leader because it has the largest market share the second largest market share is held by Microsoft Azure, right? But the difference is huge. If you talk about AWS, so AWS has a market share of 31% as compared to the market share of 11% by Microsoft Azure. But the thing here to note is that there is no cloud provider which lies between these two numbers that is 31% and 11%. And that is the reason Microsoft Azure is second in place. But why is this number so? So AWS was launched way back in 2006 when there was no cloud competitor. Amazon was the first company to actually step into the cloud computing industry. And that is the reason AWS is way ahead of other cloud providers. If you talk about Microsoft Azure, it was launched in 2010, which is four years later than AWS, right? So AWS has a head start and maybe that is the reason it has a greater market share than other cloud providers. And that is the reason that most of the services in Microsoft Azure are actually the idea have been taken from AWS because AWS is already successful. It is the most successful cloud provider. So obviously for reaching to the level of AWS, the cloud provider has to offer similar kind of services and then once they reach the same level, they can show their innovation as well. So Microsoft Azure offers similar kind of services like AWS. So we'll be looking onto the services in a few moments. So let's see what are the parameters that we'll be discussing today. We'll be differentiating these two cloud providers on the basis of the compute domain, the storage domain. Then we'll also talk about the databases domain. After that, pricing domain. We'll also be looking at the troubleshooting and the monitoring part. The downtime that both of these cloud providers have faced in an air. And in the end, we'll also be looking at the difference between the user interface, right? So let's talk about the compute part. So like I said, Microsoft Azure offers similar services as of AWS and it makes sense because AWS is already successful, right? And to pass AWS or to be as successful as AWS, you should first offer services which are already there in AWS, right? So if you look at EC2, so EC2 is a service which is offered by AWS. So EC2 is basically a service wherein you get raw servers and these servers can be configured to become a web server. It can be configured to become a worker tier environment. The firewall can be tweaked to your requirements, right? So this is the kind of independence you get when you're using servers on AWS, which is under the EC2 service. Now this idea was taken by Microsoft Azure as well. And they launched a service called Virtual Machine, which is based on the same idea. So basically if you're using AWS, you're, you're using EC2, and you're planning to make a move to maybe the Azure infrastructure, so you can do that using the virtual machine service because the idea is same, the ideology is same, the working is same, just the name is different, right? So this is about EC2 and virtual machine. 
The next service is Elastic Beanstalk, which is a platform as a service wherein you just upload your code. You don't have to manage any server. You don't have to configure your firewall. You just upload your code and your application is automatically deployed, right? So this is the idea that AWS thought of and they call this service as Elastic Beanstalk. Now, Microsoft Azure saw that this idea is again successful and they also came up with a service called App Service, which is based on the same idea. The next service is AWS Lambda, which is based on the idea of serverless computing. So in serverless computing, you don't have any servers. There are no servers deployed. You just upload your code. And also the serverless computing idea is only for background tasks. It is not used to deploy any application as in the case of Elastic Beanstalk. In the case of serverless computing, you execute background tasks. And these background tasks are executed by servers, which are not decided by you but it depends on the workload or on the processing which is required to learn your code. So like I was saying, AWS Lambda, in AWS Lambda you just upload your code and based on the workload and based on the processing that your code requires, the servers are deployed, right? If you talk about Microsoft Azure, Microsoft Azure took that idea and launched a service called Functions. So AWS Lambda is actually Functions in Microsoft Azure, right? So this is the compute part, guys. Now, like I said, AWS and Microsoft Azure are offering same kind of services. Let's look at them in more detail for the computing part. So any server that you launch in the cloud computing environment is called an instance, right? So if you talk about an AWS instance, so an M3.large AWS instance can be compared with a D2V2 instance in Azure, right? So let's talk about the configuration. So AWS gives you an 8 GB of RAM and 32 GB of storage in an M3.large instance. Similarly, in D2V2 instance, you get 7 GB of RAM and 100 GB of storage. Now, AWS is offering more RAM, but in the same instance, in the same class of instance, Azure is offering less RAM, but with more storage. And if you look at other instances as well, so if the RAM is more on the Azure side, the storage is more, right? So if you want to compare AWS and Azure, they are comparable because you cannot say that AWS is better in this case and Azure is not because both are offering similar kind of services because if you will pay for more RAM in Azure, you'll be paying for more storage in AWS, right? So if you talk about compute domain as a whole, then Azure and AWS emerge as equals, right? Let's move on to the next domain, which is the storage domain. So in storage domain, the first service is in AWS is simple storage service. So simple storage service is based on the idea of object-based file system. So basically you can store any kind of file in this object-based file system. Now the same idea is also implemented in Microsoft Azure as well. It is called blob storage, which is again an object-based file system. And in blob storage as well, you can store any kind of file. The next service is SQS in AWS, which is kind of like a buffer. So SQS is a simple queuing service wherein you queue your tasks and the servers which are not dependent on SQS. So SQS is an independent service and servers which are independent again connect with this service to pick up tasks which are to be executed by them. And once a task is done, the task is removed from the queue and the next task is listed, right? So SQS acts basically like a buffer. So this was the idea and the same was implemented by Microsoft Azure as well and the service is called Q Storage. Now if you are a person who has been using AWS and your workload is now something like this that you want to have backups and you want a disaster recovery for your application and you plan okay if AWS tomorrow has experiences a downtime we should have another service as a standby. 
and you decide on to go with Microsoft Azure. So if you're using SQS and you have to decide now which service to use, you'll be using the Q storage, which acts like a same service but just with a different name by a different cloud provider. Right? So this is basically the idea. Let's talk about the third service which is AWS Glacier. So AWS Glacier is basically a backup service used by AWS. So if you have your application in, in the AWS infrastructure and there is some data that you don't use that much frequently, you can store that data on a cheaper storage device or on a cheaper storage which is offered by AWS Glacier. So if you're using SSDs, which that is solid state drives, and if you compare it with the pricing of magnetic tapes, so magnetic tapes are way cheaper than solid state drives, right? So you can migrate your data that you're not using that much frequently from an SSD to the magnetic tapes. And that is what AWS Glacier is all about. It's a backup service, right? Now the same idea was implemented by Microsoft Azure as well. And they offer a service called Backup. So in Backup, you do the same thing. Infrequently access data and you store it in a cheaper storage, right? So this was about storage. Let's move on to the next domain, which is databases. In AWS terms, you have a service called RDS. So RDS is basically a relational database service wherein you have databases like MySQL, Oracle, you have databases like MariaDB, which are managed automatically as in the backups or the updation of the security patches or the updation of the DB engine is all done automatically by a service and that service is called the relational database service in AWS. Now that same idea was implemented in Microsoft Azure as well, but then this case in the SQL database service, you don't have the option of choosing a database. You have a database called SQL and you have to configure everything in that. You don't have a MySQL or you don't have a MariaDB database, you don't have an Oracle database, you just have SQL, right? So you have to change your application code to meet the requirements of this SQL database which is provided by Microsoft Azure. So basically Microsoft Azure has not reached that level yet. So AWS wins in this case. Let's talk about the next service which is Redshift. So Redshift is a data warehouse service wherein you do data analytics, right? So you feed in data and you can perform analytics on that. So the same idea was implemented by Microsoft Azure as well and they offer a service called the SQL Data Warehouse wherein you get the same functionality, the same idea but with a different name, right? The third service is DynamoDB. So DynamoDB is again uh, like RDS a managed service but DynamoDB is used for non-relational databases, right? And the same idea has been implemented by Microsoft Azure as well and they call this service as DocumentDB. Now let's talk about pricing which actually makes a difference. In the cloud computing world actually you get discounts uh, when you're reserving your servers, when you're reserving your instances, right? So AWS has a scheme wherein you get discounts if you reserve your instances for a particular term. Now this term could be one year or three years, right? The same idea has, was also implemented by Microsoft Azure and that idea is called Microsoft Enterprise Agreements. Right? So you can reserve your instances in Microsoft Azure and the way you can do that by using the Microsoft Enterprise Agreements. Right? The next difference is that uh, you get charged according to the R when you are using services in AWS. But in Microsoft Azure they came up with this different method of billing you which is they charge you according to minutes. So it makes sense for you if this might be useful for you 
if you are if you're not using your instances for the full hour say suppose you don't uh, you use your instance or you launch your server for say only half an hour so if you do that in the AWS infrastructure you'd be charged for that whole hour but if you're using a Microsoft Azure you'll be charged only for those 30 minutes right but this won't make sense if you are running your servers for hours like in our case for our company we are running or we have set up our company's website www.edureka.co on the AWS infrastructure. Now this website is going to be up and running as long as the company is there, right? So uh, for us, maybe the billing in minutes won't make sense as of us. Now, if you look at this pricing for AWS and Microsoft Azure, and if you convert those minutes into hours of Microsoft hours billing, AWS is actually more cheaper than Azure because uh, obviously they can afford that because they have a more mature model of infrastructure. But then, like I said, if you have instances which are not running for the whole hour, then Microsoft Azure makes more sense. Now let's move on to the next section, which is the troubleshooting and the monitoring part. So if you're using AWS, you have a service called CloudTrail. So CloudTrail is basically a logging service. So any application that you have deployed in AWS and you're making any API calls, those API calls are actually recorded on logs in AWS. So uh, why is it useful? It is useful when you're troubleshooting an application. So say suppose your application say, uh, occurs uh, experiences of failure. So you have to troubleshoot which part of the application caused the failure, right? And that can be used and that can be done using the logs that are being stored in your AWS infrastructure. And this logging service is called CloudTrail in AWS. But if you compare it with uh, Microsoft Azure, so Azure has a similar service. The service is called Azure Operational Insights, right? So if you want logging service to be implemented in Microsoft Azure, you can do that using the Azure Operational Insights. The next service is CloudWatch. So CloudWatch is a cloud monitoring tool. In cloud monitoring, if you want to monitor your instances, how much traffic, if you want to monitor the traffic which is coming on to your instances in AWS, you would do that using CloudWatch. And, and similar kind of thing can be done in Microsoft Azure instances as well using the Azure Application Insights. Now guys, if we compare um, AWS and Azure, AWS actually has a lot more services than Microsoft Azure. But Microsoft Azure, like I said, was launched pretty late than AWS and it's been trying to catch on to Amazon Web Services. And if you look at the growth rate for Microsoft Azure, it's actually been pretty decent. And the kind of services that they have came up in past four or five or six or seven years is actually commendable because they have emerged as an underdog to the second most popular cloud provider, which is a great job, right? So that basically means that they are trying to catch up with AWS and maybe in the next three or four years or five years down the line, they might be able to get in par with AWS. And they might get there by just implementing the same ideas as AWS did because AWS has already tried and tested each and every service and they know which services are successful, right? So Azure if it feels that this service is successful and it needs to be implemented in their infrastructure as well, it can do that. But at one time when Azure and AWS will come at one stage, then the race actually starts because then both of them will be doing innovations and maybe Azure may come up with a service which AWS has not came up with, right? And then maybe Azure may come up with a service that AWS has not come up with yet and become more popular than AWS. AWS offers more services than Microsoft Azure. It is economically more viable 
than Microsoft Azure in most of the cases, not all the cases, but most of the cases. And that is the reason that AWS is still maintaining the top position in the cloud computing market. But like I said, this is not permanent. It is not what it is going to be for the next five or 10 years because Azure is continuously growing. It is continuously expanding and it is growing more closer to AWS year by year, right? Moving ahead, let's talk about the uptime. So if you are a customer and you have to choose between AWS and Microsoft Azure, you'd be using this parameter, right? So uh, let's talk about uh, AWS. So AWS in 2016 experienced 108 minutes of downtime. On the other hand, Azure experienced 270 minutes of downtime in the year 2016. Now this could be because of various reasons. Now um, AWS has 16 different regions across the globe. Now Azure claims that it has around 30 plus regions around the globe and because of these many regions, which is obviously more than AWS, their logic is also right that because the number of regions has increased, their downtime probability has become more and that's why they have more duration for their downtime. The other reason for this could be that AWS has a more mature model of infrastructure. Now, like I said, AWS was launched way back in 2006. So they have more mature model of infrastructure as in they've experienced more scenarios wherein they've suffered power outages and maybe they came up with a mitigation strategy or they came up with the strategy to avoid that kind of power outage. So Microsoft Azure is still a new player in the market and it is not that much equipped as AWS is, right? And that is the reason that maybe it is experiencing more downtime. But then if you look at AWS, so AWS has six times the server capacity of all of its competitors combined, which means you take into account the servers of uh, Microsoft Azure, you take into account the servers of IBM Cloud, you take into account the each and every cloud provider which is competing with AWS. You combine the servers, still AWS would have six times the server capacity than all of these servers combined. And after that, they have only 108 minutes of downtime in a year, which is commendable. Now, like I said, it could be because AWS has more experience in the cloud computing domain. And uh, maybe Azure in the coming years would catch up onto that, but then 108 minutes for these many servers is commendable, guys. And that is the reason why AWS is more preferred by customers when they want to deploy their application on cloud infrastructure. So they prefer more AWS than Microsoft Azure. Based on our discussions, if I ask you the question, who wins Battle of the Clouds, AWS or Microsoft Azure? It is difficult to say because like I said, Microsoft Azure is growing at a very fast rate and maybe in the coming years it will come in par with AWS, right? But if we take the current scene, then AWS has an upper hand because it has more number of services than Microsoft Azure. At the same time, it has a more mature model of infrastructure and hence it gives less of downtime per year, right? So, but this is all achievable. This can all be achieved by Microsoft Azure in the coming years. It may even surpass AWS for that matter, right? So it is very difficult to say who wins. So if, if you ask me that which cloud provider I should go for, I'd say it depends on your usage. Because if I'm a company and I'm using AWS, migrating altogether to a new cloud provider will cost me a lot. And that is the reason AWS still has a larger market share. Because it came in the time when no cloud provider was out there, like in 2006, right? 
So it could be a reason because if I was on AWS and now I have an option between Microsoft Azure and AWS, I'd stick on to AWS when the prices are same. Because first of all, uh, migrating all of my applications to a new infrastructure will cost me a lot because I have to change the underlying code because the infrastructures are different, right? So that's why people stick on to AWS. First reason. Second reason people stick to AWS is because it is an old service. It has that trust in people because it's been there since 2006, like I said. And it's been dealing with cloud, cloud computing since that time. Microsoft Azure, on the other hand, is a new player. And hence, it will take time for people to migrate to Microsoft Azure. Now, I'm not saying that people are not there in Microsoft Azure. If you look at the companies, people are still using Microsoft Azure. But most of the customers for Microsoft Azure are there on AWS as well. Because their primary application is on AWS. And what if AWS infrastructure fails? There should be a backup, right? So there comes Microsoft Azure. So you have Microsoft Azure there in the scene as well, all right? So we cannot say which cloud provider is winning. Like I said, if we take the current scene, then AWS has an upper hand, all right? So this is the difference between AWS and Microsoft Azure. So thank you guys for attending today's session. I hope you learned something new today. Okay, so that's it guys. So see you in the next session. Goodbye.